Amen. Glory. Fix my other pocket. They're both, they're all both working. Amen. This morning. Okay. First of all, thank John for doing a superb job Wednesday for us. Amen. Amen. If you didn't, if you weren't here, get the tape. I think they recorded. It's it's great. So, so there should be a flood of individuals going. For Okay, let's start off with the nugget this morning. If you try, if you try, you risk the chance of failure. You risk the chance of failure. If you try, you risk the chance of failure. If you don't, you ensure it. Sure. If you don't, you ensure it. So, some of you, okay. So, uh, you can find your way to the New Testament, to the book of Matthew. And Father, we're praising you and we're just giving you thanks that as we look to your word, you give us insight, inspiration, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us, Father God, will get greater revelation, Father God, as we hear your spirit speak to us as individuals. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were traveling in the 20s, 1920s, the 30s, the 40s, and early 50s, you probably would travel by train long distance, okay? You would go to the train station and purchase your ticket for your destination and await the announcement for your train's departure. Okay? It would go similar like this. A conductor would shout, All aboard! Gate 51! L.A. Santa Barbara at all points south. All aboard! Gate 51! And guess what you would do? You had your ticket, where would you go? Gate 51. If that was your train, that is. Okay, let's go to now uh, Matthew chapter 7. That's Matthew chapter 7. Beginning with verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide it is, is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be find it. Whoa! How about that? So, keep your marker there. 
And I want us now to go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 21. That's Jeremiah, chapter 21. That's Jeremiah, chapter 21. Looking at verse 8. And say unto this people, Thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. So we have a gate. In fact, we've got two gates. One of life and one of death. God likens our passage here, our, our journey here on earth from time to eternity. There are two possible destinations that you could be traveling on. God has ordained two distinct places to be the final abode for man. Okay. One leads to heavenly bliss, the other to eternal torment. Choices are light and darkness, truth or error, holiness or sin, Christ or Biel, salvation or damnation. And there's only two gates. Back to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 again. Enter ye into the straight gate. For wide is the gate which is, and broad is the way which leadeth to destruction. So we're told to go to the straight gate. Right. Amen. Amen. Straight gate means, um, I don't know if you've ever been in a subway, but they have those little turn, turn keys. You have to go in, what? Single file. Okay. That's how you get into heaven. One by one. Single file. Okay. And it means you have to unload all your other stuff. You can't bring anything else with you. This, is the only, this gate is a house cleaning gate. In other words. Okay. Um, you receive your truth and you set aside the sins. Amen. Um, and then the statement that follows it is enforced by the statement, the other statement. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there be, with, uh, be which go in thereat. John 14, let's go there. John chapter 14. Keep your marker there at 7, uh, Matthew 7. John chapter 14. Verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh but the Father, unto the Father but by me. Wow, there is only one way. Uh, today, people are saying there are different ways. There's only one way. Proverbs, keep your marker there, uh, Matthew. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4 now. In Proverbs chapter 4, let's look at verse 26. 
Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. From the Amplified, it says, Consider well the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established, and order aright. Ponder where your feet are going. Ponder means to prayfully weigh in. Okay? That is, not to be hasty upon entering any course of conduct. It says ponder it. Think about it. Okay? Uh, if you recall in the book of Daniel, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar was having a party, he had all the the utensils from the temple there, and they were drinking out of the golden cups and so forth. All of a sudden, a hand went riding on the wall. And it says, uh, it said that um, you were weighed in the balances and you were found wanting. Well, we need to ponder so that we will not be found light. Not but needing something. We should have everything when we come to the Lord. We have everything when we come to the Lord, I should say. So, in which direction are our feet pointing? Heaven? Or the Broadway? Not the Broadway out here, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yet, pleasant is the Broadway. It has a lot to offer. It's not restricted. Wow. It's spacious. It's easy. For the flesh, it's very popular. So popular that the masses run to it. That's why it's so crowded. But you have, you know, you can, you can have what you want there and not worry. There's no restrictions. Oh, wow. But it ends up in futility. That's right. In everlasting condemnation. Okay? So, I know we were jumping around and we're moving fast today. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 23. In Exodus chapter 23. Now, God speaks to us in all different areas, and we're looking at the gates this morning. Okay? That's Exodus chapter 23. And it says, Broad is the way where many go in, right? Okay, look what it says, verse 2, Exodus 23, 2. Thou shalt not follow the multitudes to do evil. From the Amplified, thou shalt not follow a crown to do evil, to do your own thing. They were, people are a law unto themselves when they do their own thing. You know, I can do it because I feel like it. You know, that's why we have so many nutcases out there. Broad is the way. 
When you are on Broadway, you're, you are in the in crowd. I mean, ev- everybody said, come and join my party, or, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. That's the in crowd. Hello. Nobody's ever been in the in crowd. Nobody wants to raise their hand other than me. <laughs> hey, it's no fun after a while. I'm pretty, pretty soon, you, you know, it's, it's bad news. But we all like the in crowd, you know. You're somebody when you're in crowd. You don't want to stick out like a sore thumb, you know. Oh, look at that individual there. Hello. The in crowd is not always right or correct. Okay. The straight and narrow path to the in crowd, it's too restrictive. It's repulsive. Why would you want to do something? Why would you want to follow something? You're going to have no fun there. So, you know, it's repulsive. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do what you do. I'm having too much fun. The straight narrow, narrowness represents or presents no attraction to the in crowd. For they are lovers of the flesh and worldly pursuits. Hello. And it's diametrically opposed to their ideas and inclinations. Well, you know, you have to do that, but I can do anything I want. Hello. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, it says that we are all new creatures in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. But the in crowd offers up hundreds of excuses why they reject the narrow way. Well, you know, you have to talk funny. Yeah. You can't use any language you want. Or, you know, I like to dress this way. You know, I've got to, I've got to be fashionable. And you don't look fashionable. That type of stuff. Um, So the in crowd has no heart to pursue the things of God. Well, Romans 10.10 says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness. But where is the in crowd? Their heart is into the world. It's the desires of things. The heart is the seat of affections. Faith is an attitude of the heart that's pointed towards God. Glory to God. Okay, verse 14 of Matthew uh, 7. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto life and few there be that find it. Whoa! That's a sobering word. This is what Jesus said. Few that be that find it. I mean, that should wake us all up. Wow. Keep your hand there. Let's go all the way back to the book of Jude. The book of Jude. Verse 3, it says, Behold, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful. 
for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. It means in the last days, he was talking to us. In the last days, you better contend for the faith. You better hold on to the faith. Don't be pulled away. Don't be dragged away. There is no neutral ground. There's no neutral ground. Some of us like to say, I, I, you know, I'm neutral. No, there's no, no neutral ground. It's either right or wrong. There's no gray areas there. Okay, glory to God. Now, let's, you can keep your marker there for a little bit. Not there, but we'll go to in Matthew 7. Now, let's look to the book of Luke, chapter 12. Few that find it. How many? How many? Few that find it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of us out there, but only few that find it. Churches are full, but only few will make it. Uh-oh. Well, you find Luke yet, chapter 12? Verse 32. Jesus again speaking. Fear not. Fear not. Large, abundant flock. What? Fear not. Little. Little. Oh. Wow. Little. Unfortunately, too, there's a lot of believers believe that the, the gate that is straight and narrow, uh, as Jesus described it, is not there. They can do what they, they can do what they want, you know. I'm saved. I got my fire insurance. You know, I can do what I want now. Hello. That's where deception begins to take place in their hearts. We have to turn our, our backs on the world and forsake our cherished sins. Uh-oh. You know, come into my house, Lord. This is my bedroom. This is my kitchen. This is my living room. See how beautiful and clean it is? Is I want to look in your closet. No, 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 no. You don't want, you don't want to look in my closet. <laughs> Hello. Am I talking to anybody out there? Anybody's got some closet doors that has been, you haven't swept out yet? Some of you just had these <laughs> pious looks. <laughs> hey, everything's got to be swept out. 
Wow. A love for the things of the world and the fleshly desires will restrict and eventually close one's heart to God. So that little closet that you don't open up can actually restrict you from getting it to heaven. This is all liars. One little lie. I mean, I'm not going to say you did that, you did that, but I I can say every one of us has been a liar or still continue at times to stretch the truth a little bit. Hello? So we, we really, really have to look at what the word is telling us. Few. That means we need to have clean house. You know what the Jews did on, before Passovers? You remember we, we talked about that before? They would clean the house and look for leaven. And they would accidentally leave some leaven someplace where the kids would come by. And they have a little dustpan and they take a little feather and sweep the leaven up. And they get that lemon and they throw it out into the sea of forgetfulness or the water. Oh, we need to do the same thing. We need to clean up house. Time is getting short. Amen. Our Passover, or yeah, you can say our Passover is coming real quick. Because that's when Jesus didn't celebrate the Passover except that last time with the disciples. And he's waiting for all of us to get there. So we need to clean house. Amen. We must be aware that deception is running rampant today. Okay? And one of the things is an ultra-grace message. We've talked about that. Where, er- where everything we do is covered. You know, well, if, you, if you've been born again, if you've just sinned, it's, you know, it's been already covered. Well, that's true. It's been covered. But we're supposed to clean house, not continue in it. Whoa. And that, if you don't clean house, and they say 1 John 1, 9 is, is for somebody else. It's not for you. That's crazy. I think the person that wrote it is, is more in tune than what they are. Okay. Um, now, the intention or your focus, where the word says that we need to be how, if our eye be single, okay, okay, if, if you're, for those of you who never shot a gun, or maybe you all thought about shooting guns before as kids, you know, you know, you focus on something. You don't look around. You focus on that one thing. And, and in the military, you focus on that thing so you're not distracted. You don't see things on the outside. See, when we focus on the world, we don't see right. When you focus on other things, the other objects are hidden from view, so to speak. All right? Okay? Having a wrong view will blind you from the truth. Having a wrong view will blind you from the truth. Having truth can guide you from error. I said it can guide you. A lot of people, we all have truth, but if we don't receive it 
and accept it and do it, that truth is not going to do us any good. Because the truth is, Jesus died for everyone. But not everyone is willing to accept it. Okay? Luke. We are still in Luke, right? Luke chapter 13 this time. Just one uh, chapter over. Here we go again. Luke chapter 13. Looking at verse 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. There's the few. Many are wanting to go in that, remember the, the ten version? They're waiting for the wedding feast and they were all, quote, to be ready, just waiting, but when it actually took place, only half of them went. So many are wanting to do this, but they are, we haven't cleaned our closets out. Okay, I'll put it that way. Strive. Here's what strive means. It means to agonize. As an athlete willing to undergo the most self-denying discipline to be fit. This is a determination to master all difficulties. It's preserving your zeal that refuses to be denied. Instead, so you're not going to be pulled off on one side or the other. Again, there's only two gates. The narrow one and the wide one. There are two crowds of people. And there are only two destinations. So don't go in with the in crowd. I mean, you know, large. Now, a gate serves two purposes. To let you in or keep you out. This is the only avenue for admittance. All aboard! Gate 51! You going to go there or not? Yeah. One gate leads to life, eternal life, and the other one, not so good. Um, the gates uh, compass three different things. One, accept the, the acceptance of the teaching of truth with a contrite heart. The acceptance of the teaching of truth with a contrite heart. You accept the truth and you know with your heart you've got to make these changes. That's a contrite heart. Okay, number two. The gate means you need to have exercise true repentance. To go through the gate, the narrow gate, you have to exercise true repentance. You and your sins must separate. Or you and God will not come together. You, I'll put it this way. My and my sins must separate or God and I cannot come together. 
that was Charles Spurgeon, if you want that for a quote. Number three, we need to completely surrender ourselves to God in Christ Jesus. Okay. To enter in. Wow. To enter in definitely implies you're still outside. True. How are you going to enter in? That means you're outside the gate. You're, you're looking at these two gates. You're outside. You've got to pick one. The choice is before us. The straight gate or the wide gate? The wide gate implies there's no restrictions. Thereby, with no restrictions, it's crowded. Wow, everybody's, everybody's doing it, you know. Everybody, how many ever pulled down on your parents? Everybody, everybody else does it. Does that make it right? No. But, you know, we want to use it for a, uh, some type of excuse, I don't know. There are no limitations nor restrictions. There is plenty of room for all. That's why it's so crowded. Uh, they are like Lot's wife. You remember Lot's wife? She embraced the lifestyle and preferred to remain with the in crowd. She loathed leaving. I don't want to leave this place. They had to drag her out. In fact, they had to drag the whole family out. Okay, since we're in that neighborhood, let's go to, since we're talking about Lot's wife, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 17 this time. Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 32. Jesus is speaking. What does Jesus say? Remember Lot's wife. What do we got to remember Lot's wife about? What do you want, want to know about Lot's wife? Well, let's find out. Is there a lesson we can learn from Lot's wife? Why are we to remember her? I mean... There are three things to consider about Lot's wife's spiritual condition. One, she had spiritual privileges. She knew of Abraham's faith. That Abraham was a friend of God. She witnessed Abraham's dedication towards God. She knew God but failed to act on what she knew. She squandered her chance with God. How many people know about God, but don't do anything about it? How many is going to be in, that, how many is going to be in the in crowd? I knew about God, I heard about you, but they didn't do anything about it. It squandered their opportunity. And you only get one opportunity in life. Well, I understand there's some people get 
second opportunity they ever raised from the dead and said, Glory, I'm not, I saw hell and it was hot and all these de- and people were screaming. They came back. But most, I think, once you squandered, it's it. That's it. Two, consider her spiritual problems. She had a problem with her faith. She had disbelief or unbelief. She gambled that God was bluffing. Don't turn around. Wow. What does God know? We find out she turned around and became part of the nature study. Lost people still gamble today with their, about their eternity. She fell into deception. Or she, she was in deception. She fooled everyone that she was saved. I'm going out of here. I'm leaving with the family. I'm saved. Oh. She was physically out of Sodom. But her heart was still rooted in Sodom. Deception is dangerous and is a killer. That's that closet we're talking about. That little closet that we all have. We need to clean out. And third thing we find out about her, uh, her... Spiritual punishment. It was sudden. It was swift and sure. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 29. In Proverbs chapter 29. Oh, glory to God. Look at verse 29, uh, verse 1 of Proverbs 29, he that being often reproved hardness his neck and shall suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. Wow, there she is. That's talking about her. She was around, quote, Christians all the time. When they stayed with, with, uh, I mean, if you're part of the family, you're gathering together and having a good time and say, well, glory to God, you know, I'm part of the family, I'm going to make it and find out, hey, she didn't. We can't play around. One day time is going to run out. There'll be no more opportunities. There'll be no more calls to repentance. Her judgment came in spite of her unbelief. Um, all these atheists that say, there's no God. <laughs> um, judgment's going to come. In spite of their unbelief, they're going to find out something was true. It's settled. You're on the, in, the wrong, in the wrong, if you took the wrong gate, you're, you're lost. There are no pardons. There's no second chances. There's no second, second hopes. Go to... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 
2 Corinthians. Oh, glory to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 6, looking at verse 2. For he says, In the time of favor and assumed welcome, assured welcome, I have listened and heeded to your call and have helped you on the day of your deliverance, the day of salvation. Behold, now is truly the time of gracious welcome and acceptance of you from God. Behold, now is the day of salvation. When you hear, when someone hears it, you only get, we're only given one ch chance, actually. I'm glad I had numerous occasions that someone tried to tell me about the Lord. Because if, if I only had one chance, I know where my destiny would be. But I'm glad God gives us more than one chance, but you don't, we don't know. And so, it's, it's time to rein them in, pull them in. Pull in that big fish that you've been talking to. Hey, tell them, hey, I want you to be part of the family of God. Come with me. Accept Jesus as Lord. Forget about the world, he thinks. Hello? Okay, let's go to Isaiah. Book, the book of Isaiah, quickly. Isaiah chapter 17. I know we're running around a little bit today. In Isaiah chapter 17, this is, we're talking about that, that wide gate again. Isaiah chapter 17, looking at verse 12, Woe unto the multitude of many people! which make noise like the noise of the seas. They're having a great time. They're partying. And rushing of the nations that make a rushing like the rushing of a mighty waters. Wow. The world's going to, uh, the in crowd's going to have a, you know, hey, come our way. You, know. you got to have, you know, this or that type things, can't we? The wide road is deceptive. Few upon it have no idea where it's taking them. Back to Proverbs chapter 14. Back to the book of Proverbs chapter 14. We like what we're doing on the Broadway. Proverbs 14, uh, 14, looking at verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. That's the broad way. The lessons we can learn from Lot's wife is, God, take God at his word. Call upon God while he is near. Repent before God and be ready to meet him when he calls. Okay. Now, self. The word self. S-E-L-F. 
is a word that speaks only of personal value. Is a word that speaks only of personal value. But I'm going to give you an, an acrostic. You remember what an acrostic is? You take, take the word and you write it vertically instead of horizontally. Okay, so self, S, means surrender to God. Amen. We're changing self here. Surrender to God. E, empty yourself of worldly desires or worldly things or worldly values. L, love God with all your heart. Again, S, surrender to God. E, empty yourself of worldly values. L, love God with all your heart. And F, be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. Fill, be filled. Finally, I'm going to, this is an actual case. You ready? There was a, there's a tombstone in a graveyard that reads like this. Are you ready? Then, we'll, then we can go when you're getting out early. Here's what the tombstone said in the graveyard. Remember my friend when passing by, as you are now, so was I. Okay. Remember my friend when passing by, as you are now, so was I. In other words, I was alive. Okay? As I am now, soon you will be. <laughs> Prepare for death and follow me. That was on a tomb, tombstone. Someone saw that and wrote below it, scratched it in a tombstone. To follow you, I'm not content. Until I know which way you went. <laughs> In other words, find out you better have taken the right gate. Remember, my friend, when passing by, as you are now, so was I. As I am now, soon you will be. Prepare for death and follow me. And someone added, To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. Okay. So, know where you're at. Know what gate you're... At gate number seven. <laughs> yeah, don't miss this one. When the conductor calls out, gate number seven. You better be there. I'm using gate seven as God's number, so, you know. And it's one by one. Did you see my note? I had a note. You have a note? I don't have a note. Okay, we're needing help in the children's church to set up for the games. Yeah. So if you, uh, right after. so if you're.
So we're needing military volunteers. You're all going. Let's all stand. So, oh, if you were going to name this this um, sermon, it's called Destinations. I'm sorry. So, hope you've got your tickets and and you know your destination. Uh, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord. Each and every one of us know our destination, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that we'll not want a refund on our ticket. But, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we know our destination. We will follow through on you. We will not allow the world's desires and pull on our lives. But, Father God, we will be faithful and zealous to do what you've called us to do, Father God, in these last days. Give us each, Father God, a great day, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that what we put our hands to as we do the work in the children's church will be blessed, and the children will be blessed by it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.